The following episode can be viewed on the YouTube channel Bernie or Bust Television. Get on board the Bernie or Bust train. Come get on board the Bernie or Bust train. Good morning, USA, and welcome to another episode of the Bernie or Bust Show. Before we dive into today's topic, the strange divide between Warren and Sanders, despite their similarities, the two candidates offer very different visions of the world, we're going to do a little housekeeping. This website, only one candidate, is on Citizens Against Plutocracy website, and I'll link to that in the information section below this YouTube video. This started with a letter from Victor Tiffany and it looks like this anyway I want to invite you to see the website we're launching in the media tomorrow which is today attached is a 150 word letter to the editor appointing to that website which will get Bernie Sanders the nomination if primary voters learn what we know the website is climate2020.us in case you can't see what I'm showing you because you're listening on a podcast. Three videos designed to get Senator Sanders nominated. Were it not for Bernie or Bust, we would not have noticed the polls showing Sanders Trump swing voters who have already decided the outcome of the primaries. Let me say that again. Sanders to Trump swing voters, Bernie or Trumpers, have already decided the outcome of the primaries. What we both should have said there is that the swing voters have already determined the outcome of the general election if primary voters don't pay attention to our message. If Bernie is nominated, Sanders could defeat Trump. If he isn't, they will vote directly for Trump in swing states again to re-elect the president. We're not reading tea leaves here. In solidarity, Victor Tiffany, co-author, Bernie or Bust, Pioneers of Electoral Revolt. Here's that letter to the editor that he mentioned that we're trying to send to different newspapers in the country. The existential threat the country is facing is not Donald Trump. He is a symptom of the disease, austerity economics, that is causing riots and economic hardship the world over. The establishment political philosophy, neoliberalism, is the true threat, and the billionaire class constitutes the clear and present danger that must be vanquished if working-class people have a chance to escape needless austerity. Polling shows that there are enough Sanders to Trump voters in swing states to ensure that no other Democrat can become president. Unless Bernie Sanders receives enough delegates in the first round of the DNC in Milwaukee, Trump's re-election is a foregone conclusion. Sanders to Trump swing voters are like a cyclone, a force of nature that cannot be controlled. Therefore, if you truly want to defeat Donald Trump, there is only one possibility. Democrats must nominate Sanders or lose next November. For details, see climate2020.us. A good friend of mine asked me, what is austerity? And I was kind of blunt about it. I said, austerity is when the the oligarchs, when the plutocrats, when the owners of civilization tell you that you have to tighten your belts as they take all the extra money that you're making for them. And the world over, 
that's causing trouble. That's going down sideways. So that's what that meant. Austerity is something that we all need to work together to fight because individually we don't have much of a chance. Now this is the website Victor was pointing to, climate2020.us, shows electability, defeating Trump, only one candidate. The first video explains why only one candidate can defeat Trump. The second one makes the case that the same candidate actually can defeat President Trump. And the third video argues that candidate must defeat Trump or else. <laughs> the other three videos are supplemental videos on climate change, mon modern monetary theory, and responding to climate change. So there's the first video. There's the second video. There's the third video. So please go to climate2020.us, check these videos out, and learn about electoral leverage. Next, we're going to talk with Kyle Kalinske. Actually, Hill Rising is going to talk with Kyle Kalinske about the worst media fails, but it gives a good introduction into the main topic of this show. Is that in the 1970s, we at least still had some faith in our government. But now it is, after 40 years of lies and lies and lies, is all the Afghan papers did is validate what we all knew, which was that this was BS from the very beginning. So Afghan papers, major, major corruption revealed, and, and the story only lasted a day. They're, they're complaining that the media failed to make anything out of this very significant story. That's a bad thing for the country. You see a crisis... Yeah in terms of belief in our institutions because yeah. when you go like you can just have an election and congress you know everybody in there was just elected and then you poll and ask the people what do you think about congress and the approval rating is still only like 21 percent right and it's like right. well wait a second you guys just voted for these people what do you mean it's only a 21 percent favorability rating and it's yeah. like because everybody knows you're voting for the lesser evil and then when it comes to the media here's a fact that a lot of people don't know donald trump is more popular than the media only 41 percent of the public trust the media and only 13% have a great deal of trust in the media. And this is, you know, this is one of the reasons why is because we're talking about a very serious issue here and they just lost right over it to get back to their stupid soap opera. Right. But that actually leads to just real quick. Cause this is my, it, it was a tie for worst media fail. One of it was Afghanistan. Um, the other one is actually just the total obsession with impeachment and Ukraine gate. Yeah. And before that, the Mueller report. Because well, and these things go hand is, in glove. Yes, and also, by the way, an article came out just the other day that CNN has record low ratings right now. Why? Because all they do is talk about impeachment and talk about Ukraine gate. And the thing is, everybody knows the real reason they're mad at Trump is because he went after another member of the club. Because when he increases our wars, when he deregulates Wall Street, which is going to guarantee another crash— when he does all the terrible things that he's done on a regular basis, nobody talks about that. But, oh my God, he in a very uncivil way, an impolite way, he called out Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. So that's what we're going to focus all of our attention on. And nobody cares outside yeah. of D.C. Right. So what we have here is a failure on the media's part to tell us what's really going on and to tell us why it matters, why it doesn't matter. They're They're focusing on things that that most of the country doesn't care about. What the media should be focusing on is that there's only one candidate in these swing states 
who can defeat Donald Trump. But they don't seem to want us to know that. That leads me to the idea of the differences between Warren and Sanders. And so we've already got it set up with, with Victor's email, with Victor's media uh, release. We have the it's set up to show you that the swing states are crucially important. So we've got people, today I'm going to talk about the New York Times and their take on the diff, on these swing states and, and how important it is in the general election especially to figure out how to woo these voters in swing states. And then I'm talking about the differences between Warren and Sanders, not from an ideological perspective, but how their messages will play out in these swing states. So if you already accept the idea that the, the battleground states, especially Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, if you accept the idea already that these are really important in the general election, then you have to look at your favorite uh, Democratic hopefuls and figure out which one of their which one of them will play out the best in these states, their message, their personalities, their ideology, everything that, that they bring to the table. We have to see how that plays out in, in these swing states. The other idea is we've got Lauren Martincheck um, talking about the one thing Donald Trump is actually good at. You have to you have to acknowledge what he is good at and how that plays out in the swing states. So first, let's look at The Strange Divide Between Warren and Sanders by Francis Taylor. A recent survey by the Pew Research Center found some striking differences between the profiles of Warren and Sanders supporters, namely the following, and this is the crux of the matter. 71% of Warren supporters are white in comparison to 49% of Bernie supporters. Out of the five leading candidates, Warren boasts the highest share of voters with a postgraduate degree, while Sanders has the lowest. Sanders is the most popular candidate for voters under 30, but the least popular with voters over 65. Hey, boomer! Meanwhile, Warren's support has spread much more evenly across age groups. So then we have to apply the, the different ways of looking at them. Warren's core supporters are wider, older, and more educated. So the two candidates appeal to very different voting blocks. And so when we think about the, the swing states, that's going to be applicable because in the swing states, the, the white, affluent, and well-educated voters that Elizabeth Warren brings to this to the table, there there aren't as many of those in the swing states, and those are more coastal voters. Those are more people on the west coast and the east coast. In the middle of the country, Bernie has Bernie's demographics are more likely to carry the day. We've got a medium article by Michael Greiner. And his article is called, What the New York Times Pollsters Got Wrong About Swing, Swing State Polls. They're talking about the New York Times poll versus real clear politics average. They're saying that Trump was tied with Joe Biden, that he led Elizabeth Warren by six points, and that only Bernie Sanders narrowly defeated Trump or led Trump. 
And then he contrasts that with Emerson polling that found all the Democrats were leading Trump. So, so Michael thinks, okay, so it's all right then. All the Democratic candidates can defeat Trump, so it doesn't matter which one. And I'd say that's a big mistake. He does say that the Democrats can take nothing for granted. Trump does have an electoral college advantage. This is the part where he's right, and we need to, we need to augment what he's saying here. In fact, some analysts have predicted that Trump could win re-election while losing the popular vote by an even larger margin this time than last. And the betting markets are still giving Trump a 42% chance of re-election, so it's close. He acknowledges that it's close. The problem is the unequal distribution of Trump opposition. Trump opponents tend to be concentrated in a few states, and this is where Elizabeth's supporters are, including California, New York, Massachusetts, Maryland, Illinois, and Hawaii. But remember, it doesn't matter whether a presidential candidate wins a state by one vote or a million, he or she still gets the same number of electoral college votes, all of that state's allocation. So Trump's route to victory involves winning a bunch of lightly populated Republican states and winning a couple of swing states like Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Arizona, and Florida by small margins. That's how he did it in 2016, and it could happen again. That is a really cogent analysis of, of the situation last time and this time. So those swing states that he mentions are still in play. They're still very important. And the differences between Bernie's base and Elizabeth's base make Bernie a much more viable candidate in the lightly populated Republican states and in the swing states. So they're not going to be equally competitive against Trump. Anyone who interprets it that way is not learning from history. So I, I would say that this, the reason I showed you this article is because of his excellent analysis in, in these two paragraphs. But I disagree that, that um, we, we don't have to panic. I think if you're wanting to defeat Donald Trump, you need to panic if you think that you are going to vote for anyone other than Bernie Sanders in the primaries and in the caucuses. Now, here's another point made by Lauren Martinchek, the one thing that Donald Trump is actually good at, which even further augments this argument. Much like with his real estate brand, Donald Trump was able to market himself to a chunk of the country as a man fit to be the president of the United States. This chunk of the country she's talking about is in the middle, in the Rust Belt, and told the American people that he was the only one who would protect and fight for them. As uncomfortable as it might be to admit, Donald Trump had his finger on the pulse of the racist white voter. I don't think it's as simple as Lauren makes it. I don't think it's just racism, because I've pointed out that there's bigotry abounding in the Democratic, typical liberal voter as well, because we don't want our kids to go to school with other people's kids. It's just uh, less overt. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quibble with her there a little bit. The president successfully marketed himself as the manifestation of decades of fear and angst, emerging as exactly what the Republican voters wanted in a candidate. Regardless of whether or not they were voting in their best interest, Donald Trump knew how to appeal to and nurture their deep-seated anger and resentments. It may seem laughable for a billionaire with six failed businesses that he was able to sell 
himself as a populist, but leave it to Donald Trump to be able to market himself as such. So whether you like it or not, he has successfully marketed himself as a populist, especially to people in swing states. And unless you run against him, a candidate who is equally perceived or even more perceived as a true populist in those states, you won't beat him. Elizabeth is the least well positioned to beat him in the middle of the country because her white, affluent, well-educated voters don't reside there. I want to go back again to Victor's website, climate2020.us. I want to uh, remind you about the importance of electoral leverage. Perhaps you'll write a letter to the editor in your town's newspaper or other newspapers. We've got a primer on electoral leverage first. We've got Bernie's winning coalition and who can beat Trump. That's, that's similar to what I've been saying in this video. And the third video, which candidate can save the world, which is the climate2020.us true thrust. We have an existential problem here that, that only someone like Bernie can solve because he'll have the leverage to take on the billionaires who are killing all of us and causing us to suffer from austerity the world over. So I'll leave you with that. Keep on burning. Get on board the Bernie Buzz Train. Come get on board the Bernie Buzz Train. Once you hear that clickety clack, there ain't no time for turning back. Get on board the Bernie Buzz Train. The preceding episode can be viewed on the YouTube channel Bernie or Bust Television.